0: In this episode, we're looking at pate de fruit, a traditional French confection that has a gummy-like texture, but is made from pureed fruit. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited about this recipe. I think I'm pretty excited about every recipe I talk about. So perhaps this isn't anything new. But before we get into it, before I show you how you can take control of your high life. I just want to share with you something that I received in my inbox. Um, It is a review. And this review comes from Desert Happy Gal in the United States. And she says, I am highly happy. This show and the host Marge has helped me evolve my COVID skill of edible making. It's awesome to listen to others who encounter the same issues, positive and negative, when making edibles. It's also great to hear other people in the industry talking about their products and how to turn them into something that we can digest instead of smoking. Thank you so much for leaving that five-star review, Desert Happy Gal, and I really hope that you're still enjoying the podcast. If you're listening to this, shoot me an email at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com because I would love to send you a little token of my appreciation. And I too think it's amazing that we have all these great people who are all listening and talking about edibles all in one place because... I feel like for those of us who love edibles, there's just something magical about them. And though I smoke cannabis a lot more now than I used to, thanks to working at a dispensary, edibles is still my preferred method of consumption. There's just something that I really love about that onset. It's slow and steady when you notice yourself starting to feel nice and warm and comfortable. And once you find that right dose... It's just such a a lovely way to unwind and relax in the evening, and it can really amplify everything in your life. So so thank you for leaving this review. It really means a lot because it also helps other people discover the show. And this week's recipe is a little bit different. So I am doing this whole series on gummies, and a pate de fruit is a little bit different than a traditional gummy. So the recipe that I'm using this week, it was a strawberry pate de fruit, and I got it from a new book that I picked up called Cannabis Confectionary Art by Christina Van Cleef. And somebody had recommended me this book quite some time ago now. And I wish I could give you a shout out to whoever that was because they had emailed me. And I remember we were chatting, I believe, over email, but I can't remember who it was. It was sitting in my Amazon wish list for quite some time before I looked at it again because it has a whole bunch of gummy recipes in this book. And I find that gummies. Yeah, and a lot of traditional cannabis cookbooks, and I own several at this point. They don't do a lot in the way of gummies, and that's probably because the art, as this book suggests, of making candies and gummies and chocolates, there's a little bit more involved, and so you again, you won't find them in a lot of traditional cannabis cookbooks. So, like I said, this has been sitting in my can or my Amazon wish list for quite some time. I finally decided to pick it up so that I could perhaps use it for the podcast and here we are. And I wanted to do something last week's recipe was a classic gummy which if you've tried to make that I hope it turned out for you. I think you're going to find them really fantastic. But this pate de fruit is a little bit different. And I had tried to make these before, probably about a year ago, there was one of my books that had a pate de fruit recipe in it and it didn't turn out when I made it. So Obviously, it was something that I did wrong, but I was successful with this particular batch, and I really attribute it to some of the tips and tricks that the author gives in this book. And if I didn't mention already, the author was Christina Van Cleef. I did try and reach out to her on Instagram with a couple of questions regarding the recipe that I made. But at the time of this recording, unfortunately, she hadn't seen my message yet. And I guess I'm not that big big enough of a deal to get people all excited about seeing my messages. So perhaps she'll get back to me and I can update you folks later. But overall, this book is really great. And There's a few things that I really like about it. So she starts out the book. There's a foreword, of course, written by somebody else. And just flipping through the pages right now, actually, the first chapter in the book is ingredients, tools, and techniques. And I really like this because she puts sort of all in one place, a lot of the things that you're going to be needing if you're going to be making a lot of candy. And I'm assuming if you've picked up a book like this, you might be interested in making gummies and candies on a semi regular basis. And there were a few items in here that I'd never heard of that I wasn't super familiar with. So that and she had comments on all of them. She does also recommend tools that are essential to have when you're making candies, one of them being things like candy thermometer, and having uh, melted a thermometer. A while ago, trying to make some kind of candy on the stove, I know how important it is to have a candy thermometer, and often temperatures uh, can change very quickly in candy making, and you have to be on top of it, or you're going to ruin whatever it is that you're making. I have also done that. So, a candy thermometer, not expensive, easily picked up at a uh, supply kitchen supply store or on Amazon or what have you. She also mentions something that I have not—I'm not familiar with, and it's called sugar gloves, and this is something I'm probably going to be checking out. I do own. Uh, like oven mitts, of course, I have silicone oven mitts as well, which I really like. But the issue with those when you're when you're trying to use them for more delicate work is that it's like having paws. And sometimes you need a little more dexterity than an oven mitt is going to allow. And so I'm, I'm assuming these sugar gloves do allow that I looked them up really quickly online. And again, they're not super expensive, but can really prevent you from burning yourself because obviously hot sugar is sticky and extremely hot and can be kind of dangerous if you're not careful. So that's one recommendation that she gives that I think is prudent if you're going to be doing this a lot. She does, of course, recommend molds as well the silicone molds, which are great. And I've said this, I think in a couple episodes now, those small magical butter molds that I was talking about, not ideal if you're doing something like a gummy because they're so tedious to pop them out. I have two trays of those sitting right now with gummies in them just because I haven't gotten around getting them out of there. And it's just a daunting task. And every time I look at them, I'm like, ugh, I'll do it eventually, but it's probably not ideal for them to be sitting there either. So, for my personal experience, if you're unless you're doing something like hard candies, it'd be really good for smaller, harder items stick with the larger molds and that's whether you're doing the magical butter molds or something you're picking up off out of a store. The next chapter is the art of infusion, so she goes through her process of doing her calculations because what she's often doing in hers is using the, something like a distillate or really potent extract and mixing it with a carrier oil like MCT oil. And then calculating from there um, how potent each of your uh, resulting gummies or candies are going to be. So that's a a good way of doing it. I didn't exactly make mine the same way because I didn't have... um, Distillate on hand. What I did have was infused MCT oil, which at the end is probably going to make these gummies a little less potent, but means I can also eat more. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that seems to be working for me. But she does give the instructions if you have access to or want to go out and buy wax, shatter, use distillate, edible oil, all those kinds of things. She gives you the steps for using that effectively in the recipes. Her next chapter, she gets into terpenes, terpene pairing, and terpene for effects, which is also pretty interesting. She does look here at like synthetic terpenes, which I haven't gotten into. I did look up a couple of websites online, which I can share in the show notes where you can purchase some of these things. But um, I haven't so far found that I needed to really add that kind of thing to any of the recipes that I've made to date. And then she divides the rest of the book up in the various recipes. So she has a chapter on gummies and there's lots of gummy recipes there, not just pâté de fruits, but more traditional gummies. She has a chapter on chocolate, baked good, hard candies, and I haven't explored this yet, but caramels, a whole chapter on caramels. As a sucker for caramels, that really excited me to see that. So again, some of these items are not gonna be found in traditional books. Now, having said that, when I did the recipe for this uh, strawberry pate de fruit, I did end up with a couple of questions, things that weren't entirely clear in the book as it was written on the recipe page, but they still turned out great. So it's not anything that I couldn't figure out. But sometimes there were a couple spots where a little bit of clarity, more clarity, especially for someone like me, who's who's I would consider myself a novice candy maker. But yeah, there's a couple of spots where I could have used a little more clarity, but I did figure it out. However, I will say there was one item she missed in this book when it came to the recipe that I was doing. And perhaps I missed it somewhere else in the book, but it really needed to be added at the end of the recipe. And I'll let you know what that is in a couple of minutes. So I ended up choosing the strawberry margarita pâté de fruit. And the reason being is, where's the recipe actually, the reason being is I pretty much had most of the items uh, in my cupboard. What I didn't have was the six milliliters of margarita extract. And I saw that and I thought, where the hell do I buy that? So I just essentially left it out. And judging by the taste and flavor of these, these gummies afterwards, they I didn't really miss the flavor. So having nothing to compare it to, it seemed fine. But you're you're going to need items like sugar, corn syrup, citric acid, pectin, strawberry puree, coconut oil, and it also called for pink food coloring in a sugar citric acid blend. And I had all those things I've had I've made gummies before. So I had some of the pectin in the cupboard. And again, that's something you can easily find in the grocery store aisle. I think I just bought it at a grocery store in the aisle where you would do where you buy things like your Knox gelatin packets and that kind of item. So it's going to be in your baking aisle and shouldn't be hard to find. Probably very well displayed during canning or jam making season because it's often used in that kind of thing. Now, I will say I didn't have strawberry puree. She does say in the beginning of the chapter section on pâté de fruits that you can make your own. Because what she actually says here is pâté de fruits are a traditional French confection made from 100% uh, pure fruit puree. You can make this yourself. Just add 10% sucrose to fresh pureed fruit, or you can buy it. Um, so I didn't have that. She recommends Boiron. I'm saying it with a French accent because I'm assuming pâté de fruits and Boiron are something, another French thing, or maybe it's Boiron. I don't know. Maybe if somebody's out there that can educate me, I'm more than willing to learn, but I will link to it in the show notes. I did not use that, but it's her puree of choice and available at many local specialty food vendors. So I didn't make a puree. What I ended up doing, and I didn't have this access to this boiron or puree. uh, What I ended up doing was using jam. And I don't know if that uh, it's worked. It seemed to work. I mean, it's a, Few fruit puree that has sugar added to it, so it seemed to work just fine. And I bought a fancy jam. I, I really like if you're in Canada. There's President's Choice Black Label. They have some really nice fancy jams where they where they do fruit from a single region. So I thought that would make a really nice. Um, a really nice puree. I also did a half batch of this recipe just because I was trying it out and I didn't want to use a whole jar of jam for something that may not work based on my previous experience trying to do a pâté de fruits. but I shouldn't have worried because I ended up with a lovely result. Now there's several steps to making this particular uh, puree and it really actually wasn't that difficult. Um, and I do like how she lists out all the ingredients you're going to need. She also lists out a lot of the tools, many of which I didn't have. I didn't have pastry bags or pipettes, which you might use to dispense the puree concoction after you've made it into your molds. I did use, again, those magical butter machine measuring cups because I found them They're just really easy to work with. You kind of squeeze the sides and it makes a very easy pouring spout that you can control very easily. So look for a silicone measuring cup would probably work even better than the pastry bags, in my opinion, based on what I was doing. Um, So if you have that or something that you can pour it from, then that's going to work just as easily as any of the pastry bags or pipettes, uh, that kind of thing. So really, it's just, the basic stuff. The digital scale is pretty important to have because you are weighing out all this kind of thing. Um, so she goes through all the steps. You are preparing your molds. I did have my, ba- my molds set up already. You don't need to spray them with any kind of oil if you are going to be using the silicone ones because they pop out pretty easily because the texture of these is quite a bit different than a traditional gummy. They do feel firmer, but they're chewy, almost like taffy-like. And I mean, that's how mine turned out. Maybe I made them wrong. It's hard to say. Maybe the jam wasn't exactly ideal, but I really like the taste of them. They kind of, because they were a fruit puree, um, there's still a lot of sugar in it, of course, but they really had sort of that fruit roll-up taste. Like they were very fruity, very sweet. But that taffy-like consistency, like, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but they were really nice. And I didn't miss that margarita flavor at all. The strawberry was a fantastic, um, was it strawberry used? I think it was strawberry. It must've been, because I don't think my husband likes raspberry jam, so I never buy that. Anyway, I digress. So you're basically, she lists out everything. You can pre-weigh everything out um and you're going to be adding she has you adding it everything to the saucepan eventually you add everything to the saucepan and one of the last few things you add is your cannabis carrier oil and they really do come together pretty quickly you do have to keep an eye on the temperature um just because you don't want to get the temperature too high because that's not necessarily good, although she doesn't really talk about that a lot in this particular recipe. So I'm not sure it's as you're not putting gelatin in this, and gelatin does not does burn at a certain temperature, so you don't really have to worry. So actually, she has you putting everything in the saucepan. You're putting out your, your puree, then she has you weighing out glue, the glucose syrup. She does mention using this 42DE uh, corn syrup, which is uh, more of a, uh what did she say about that because I've seen that come up a couple times in some of these maybe it was just in this book that I saw that actually but she was talking about let me find it here She was talking about, oh, here it is, glucose. So my go-to, she says, is 42DE corn syrup. It is an acid enzyme converted syrup, and it's much sweeter and thicker, more viscous than regular corn syrup. The lower viscosity and higher bricks make it an excellent choice for candy making. I use this in place of regular corn syrup so that I can reduce the amount needed. Too much corn syrup in your candies will absorb more moisture from the air and become sticky. If you can't find this, it's okay to substitute regular corn syrup. Now I haven't found much, I haven't spent much time trying to find this 42 DE corn syrup. Uh, I think you could probably get that on a place like Amazon, or if you had access to some kind of supply store that might carry this kind of thing. Um, I used regular corn syrup and they seem to turn out quite nicely. So if you don't have that and you don't think you're going to be making a ton, I mean, why worry about it? A lot of this stuff is really, you're just weighing it out, adding it to the pan, stirring it, whisking it all together. Um, You're gonna be boiling it constantly and it's going to start to get really thick. It did say in the book that sometimes you have to whisk for up to 25 to 30 minutes And you have to be whisking it consistently to avoid scorching it. But I found that the 25 to 30 minutes was longer than I needed on my stove. I do have a gas stove, so I do have a lot of heat control. But the 25 to 30 minutes was not necessary. It was quite a bit shorter than that. And when you get your desired thickness, you are going to remove it from the heat. Stir in your flavoring and coloring if you wish. Another step that I skipped because I found that... And with the result in the end, I found that I didn't need to add food coloring. I mean, they turned out a, a really deep red and the taste, I mean, they tasted like, like the jam, very sweet, uh, very fruity. So you didn't really need that. You're going to allow it to cool just a little bit. And this is where you're going to put on your gloves and use your measuring whatever measuring method, like I use the measuring cup, this might be where you're going to put it into your piping bags or that kind of thing. Uh, And then you're going to be putting it into your mold. So you're going to, she also mentioned, you're going to let them cure for at least 24 hours before you unmold them. So that's what I did. And I was really excited when I, when I did go to unmold them, they're almost quite a bit harder than the traditional gummies that I've popped out of molds, but they're very chewy when you eat them. So it was really nice. And you can roll she gives the option of rolling them in the citric, a sugar citric acid mix if you want to. It says to line them up and let them cure for another 24 hours. You know what? I might have actually missed that part. Did I? I can't remember what I did. All I know is she says if you let them sit out, if you let these, if you don't let these sit out long enough, oh, damn it, I did miss that part. That is exactly, maybe that was just me reading these things improperly. If you don't let these sit long enough to cure, they will turn to mush. It is important to let the outside harden. It creates an awesome texture and keeps the inside chewy. Don't worry, your patience will pay off. Another small tip, if you can't afford molds, you can pour the gummy mixture into a 9x13 baking pan and cut them into squares. So I missed a really essential point here, and that was to pop them out of the molds and let them sit out long enough so they'll cure uh, properly. And somehow I think I misread that to say that if you, like, you shouldn't leave them out or they'll turn to mush. I know that's how I read it. But here's the thing. I put them in a dish. I didn't, so I popped them out of the molds after 24 hours. And then I put them in a glass storage dish because I misread that one crucial, crucial sentence. And they did turn to mush. So I went back to have some more because when I popped them out of the molds the first time, I did try some right away and I was really, really happy with how they turned out. And then I put them in the storage dish having missed that important sentence. And eventually I went back to try another one, like within a little bit, like not that long, I shouldn't say eventually, it was like the next day or later that day. And they were all starting to meld together. And now, when I look at the dish, it's literally like what one giant dish of pureed stuff. Like I'm going to have to probably remelt it to get out of the glass dish because I just didn't do it properly. So just if you're going to do it, make sure you you don't skip that one step because they just kind of all melded together into one big sticky gooey glob that's going to be a pain in the ass to remelt and get out of that thing. but which really, Ugh, really annoys me because they were so good. And if I just read that properly, I'd be enjoying these things. I really like the taste and the texture. I'm going to try and remelt these and see if I can try it again, because I believe it is one of the types where you can remelt them because you don't have the gelatin that you have to worry about burning or anything. So if you're going to try these out, do as I did, or sorry, if you're going to try these out, do as I say, not as I do because you'll have a lot more success. And I think you'll really enjoy these. So I'll make sure when I write up this recipe to share with you guys that I put that somehow in bold so that you can see it and also not misread it like I did. That was totally my fault. And I think that was the point I was going to make. And then I just reread it now. and I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. So my earlier critique of saying there was one thing that wasn't super clear in the book, well, that was it. And really it was just my own own misreading of the text and that was completely my fault. So you can find Christina Van Cleef online. On Instagram. I'll link to her stuff there as well. And like I said, if I do get a message from her, then I'll update you folks. But it is a great book. She has these pate de fruits. There's all kinds of them. There are black blackberry watermelon lime gummies. She has a section on classic gummies, along with these um pate de fruits. She has several sections of gummies actually. Starch gelatin gummies. I think she does pectin gummies because those are going to be more of your vegan vegan gummies because they don't have gelatin in them. So she has several sections of different gummies if that's something that you're interested in doing. The white grape CBD gummy actually looks pretty nice. And again, if you're really interested in getting into some candy making, there's chocolate and I'll certainly be looking at the caramels as well because I just love caramels a creme brulee caramel. Anyway, I'm making myself hungry. So that's it for this week, you guys. I hope you get a chance to try out this recipe. I have another exciting recipe coming next week. And like I said, I'm lining up a guest who is going to help you take your gummy baking to the next level. And that will be coming up as well. And... If you have anything you want to share with me, you want to reach out, you want, just want to say hello, by all means, bite me podcast at fastmail.com, or you can always leave me a message on SpeakPipe. And until next week, my friends, stay high.